Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, it's Marcia Cook. A good story is a good story, and we are from Michigan Avenue Media, and I have a mother and daughter team today that you are going to love to hear. Maggie's been on, but Peg is not, but I'll introduce them in a minute. But I will say, I'm just going to say my shows so I don't forget that, because usually the first few minutes I forget everything, and then, we're, then I move on. All right. I do have a lot of shows this month. And next week we have a Halloween show for the uh, well, it's not for the kids, but it's actually uh, children's authors, and it's going to be a really good show. Um, there's so many different authors out there that are having such a hard time. Children's and there, this guy has been on my show. His name is Ron Lindvall. He's a teacher for he was for 48 years, and he talks. He's got like so many children's books, and he comes on and he's talking about children's books a lot, and he's really. Helped me actually realize so many different things about children, and so we're going to have Liette. She's going to be on Liette Regwan. She is from Book Magic, and she's going to talk about the bookstore she has. That I met her online. She's has, and it's she does a lot of work. Uh, do you know who that is? It's real. She's really good. This um, Book Magic, and then we have. Um, oh yeah, we have uh, Mandy on. And Mandy is from the two girls. I, this is such a cute thing in the reading corner. Uh, she'll be on also. So I have all three of them, and we're going to talk about Halloween and fun. And um, it, it's, you know, something that I'm trying to have more children's shows because of, there's nobody else out there talking about children's books. And that's like the greatest, you know, if, if children don't read, this is not a good thing because they'll grow up to be adults that don't read, and that's not a good thing. So they, so all these, you know, I've been trying every so often to have children's, you know, I am a children's author, but I haven't been writing newer ones, but um, these people are right in the mix of doing a lot of new things for children's authors. So the three of them will be on. And um, let's see what else I have. Oh, yes, we have right after, and another next week after that, um, Elizabeth Black, who has been on my show, she also hosts with me. And um, she's a horror writer, an erotic writer. And we her show, she brings, she finds these people that are unbelievable. And this time we're going to do a top, topic that we haven't done before. And uh, she, she's coming out with a book with several other authors, and they'll all be on. It's called Dangerous Curves. And it's about sexy, bigger women, how they can be sexy and 
size doesn't matter. So that's going to be a really interesting. We've not had a show like that, and that's I'm sure I, I'm going to get the book myself, and it's several mm-hmm. authors are coming on with her. So that should be a good show. And then I have, um, after that, I let's see, I have a review show with KB Reviews. Uh, she was supposed to be on before, and she will be on. She does a lot of audio reviews. She'll be on. And let's see, one more show that I wanted to talk about, which I forgot now. Let's see. Uh, oh, yes, Jean Joachim, she'll be on. She's a successful romance writer. And so we're all lined up here for this. I really was not, I'm not sure if I'll have shows in December, but so far I am going to have them because I already started to book them. So I guess it looks like I'm having them. But uh, that's the that's the rundown. And, oh, yes. I forgot one more thing. I'm having a very special show with Jasmina Sidorowski. She is from Australia, and she has a wonderful magazine, and um, it's a Goodwill. She's a Goodwill ambassador, and she's bringing on some ambassadors. And this show is going to be about Goodwill and uh, hope and internationally working well together and helping each other. And she's she's been on the show before. I met her through Jack Remick, and... She's ex. She's so much. You know, she does so many things, and it's going to be very interesting. So that will be on on a Thursday night at um, eight. I have to check with her because she's in Australia, and we put the time on, so it's actually the next day for them. So that'll be very interesting. She's bringing on you know several people that have different. Um, you know, she in her magazine she has a lot of different stories, and so I'm be posting things about that and. It, that'll be a good show. So I think we're pretty well lined up here, and uh, I actually put them all out. So I'm telling people now because I usually wait sometimes to put the next show out, but because I, I like to concentrate on the show we're having, which is today's show, which mother and daughter duo here. I'm going to let Maggie talk first and talk about her and her mother, and then we'll get into a conversation. Maggie, how are you? It's been a while. I think it's been longer than I thought. Actually, it's been longer than a year even. You know, I, I'm I think, following you. I think so. Yes, time flies. <laughs> Having a good time. Yeah, right, tell everybody about yourself. And, well, I'm um, author and, you're, and oh, Sorry. Go Keep going. No, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, hello, everybody. This is Maggie Lynn, and I am an author, sci-fi and fantasy, and also a filmmaker and actress. Um, personally, I specialize when it comes to writing in fantasy and sci-fi, as I said, but I also do children's books with my mother, who is here. Yes. Hi, everybody. I'm her mom, Peg. It's lovely to meet her. Thank you for having us, Marsha. I'm so happy. I, I, I haven't met you yet. I know. This is the first one with both of you. So uh, you want to talk about a little bit about you do some different things than Maggie does also. So tell everybody some of the things that you do. Well, as she said, we have Charlie the Mouse children's series out. We have five stories put together there. Um, and I have come from a path of publishing. And we also do the Heartbeat Network. Started out as What's It TV. We decided to switch it over to the Heartbeat Network because it would be easier to remember. Nobody yeah. knew what the word What's It meant. <laughs> I know. I, actually, I thought that was a good name. You know, that's probably, like, that's kind of good. I mean, it's so different that you would remember it, you know. But well, guess, thank you. Thank you. People didn't know. They'd say, What's it? What's it? What is it? Yeah. <laughs> weird. I know. Very weird. But um, I mean, we, we write everything. We do the, stri- the scripts. We do the filming, write down the distribution, and we act our characters as well. And the technical work as well, yeah. We've got yeah. wonderful talent with us. 
uh, Dave Flounder, Ryan Parker, Rock Ryan, Harry James, and the, the cast is growing. And we'll have Tim Conley as a guest star at some point here too. So absolutely, as it's going, <laughs> the cast is growing. And, and they're and they're they're funny and they're parodies and it's um, it's it's really you know it's not what people think you know what I mean and, and and so I think that this is a good thing. I think that sometimes people don't realize if they see some of these you know um, newer things that are out now they don't really. You know, we're so busy promoting, we don't even have time anymore to look at things that might be fun and just something new to look at, you know. And writing a script, as you know, is really a lot of, I think it's a lot of fun. So how do you guys feel about that? I mean, I think script writing's great. I love it. Well, we we always generally have a load of fun laughing when we write it. And we also do a lot of improv as well. So a lot of the things that we come up with are script moments, things as yeah. well. I mean. When erotica goes at it on on set, some of the funniest things she's ever come out with are just spur of the moment things that I never right. expect, which is why it's so funny. Okay, right, erotica right, right. Right, my right, right. It's so much better to do that. I, I, you know, like on my shows, I don't really have notes. I write a couple things down that day that I want to talk about, and then otherwise, I don't really. And I think it's so much more fun that way because you know, it's it's kind of like you know. When you interview people or you have fun on a show, you're just talking about different subjects. And so, that I, I mean, to me, I like that kind of thing where you can also add in different things, you know. Like, you know, on what you're talking about, like you, I go off of like a lot of times what my guests are talking about because I've learned so much from people, you know, that have been on my shows. And um, for me, it's great. I mean, I love this. That's one of the reasons I've done it for nine years is because I've met so many people that I wouldn't have met. And I'm sure because of what you do, you have people watching, buying your books. And so don't you agree? I mean, you've met people that, how would you ever have met them, you know, if it weren't for things like this now? I just want to clarify one thing, ladies. My character is erotica Kane, but there's absolutely no erotica in our shows. <laughs> that's <laughs> the point. Well, that's right. right. That's exactly right. See, that's the thing. So, see, that's the other thing. I want to ask you about this. Okay, you know this. You know, law, when I started doing shows, I I've talked about this before that uh, people, you know, erotica, and I think like some people, along with horror shows, they take a word and they use it to in the wrong way, and they take it the wrong way, and it takes people that are really good writers and have good things to offer as. Just, I mean, if you have sex in anything or even talk about sex, that doesn't, I mean, most books, even on the TV soap operas, they have it. So how do you feel about this now? I mean, how do you get, like you're saying, that's right, you wanted to make something clear, which you did, okay? And that's important because it's not what people might think. Yes, it's it's very difficult. She has that problem, and then I get the reputation for being a certain way because I write action novels with an assassin mostly, in many of them, so people look at me like I'm this person who loves weapons and all that, and that's not the case yeah. at all. And <laughs> also, our our one life she gives series is fashion. It's basically a spoof on soap operas. So you you bring that up, and people don't really get that. They have to watch it a few times to really get the concept. You're absolutely right. There's so much misconception out there. Yeah, yeah. And it seems yeah. that before you go your way to try to clarify it, there's so much. It, Unless they watch it, they don't understand. And just like and a I book. think I think it's it's really kind of sad that we have to like 
you know, this it did happen to me when I first started writing sexier scenes and things like that. It became it's an erotic. I tried it, you know, uh, in my books, and it's like I felt my I found myself like I'm apologizing for nothing. I'm just having sex scenes in there, okay? And you know, and I think if you look at most books, you know, the bestseller books, the for years and years and years, people have had sex scenes in books, and it wasn't labeled as erotic. I agree with it was that. Just, the thing yeah. I see now is the thing I see now is they're expecting in many ways for you to put in trigger warnings in your books about everything that might trigger someone off and speaking as someone who writes action novels, if you tell everything that's gonna be a problem, you're giving away the entire plot of the book. So exactly. I exactly. Right, exactly. I mean exactly. Let the people read it and make their own decisions. You know, Absolutely. I it's just you know, um, and I've mentioned this many times, my grandmother, I mean, she would read a lot of books and then give, send them, you know, I would read them, and they were books with sex in it, and that's how I learned how to read about romance and things like that. She, You know, and so for me, I, you know, that was part of it, and it was nothing, it was nothing unusual, but now it's like there are a lot of people out there that make more of a deal than they need to, you know, even on the websites they have to write, you know, this is for 18 years and, you know, older. And then I'm thinking like any, who's going to, even if somebody is 18, 16, who's stopping them? They they just all they have to do is click the button. I mean, I don't understand yeah. that. I mean, well, like, why, why would they have that? Now they have to have that for what reason? Because people are going to click it anyway. People have gotten way too serious, and we noticed it because we do yeah. mostly comedy, and we noticed our audience losing, a lot of them losing their sense of humor for what we put out, you know, through through viewage and the counts of likes. And it just seemed they were getting more serious around 2015 to 2016, yeah. of course, with the campaigning. And we yeah. we believe in humor. you, you yeah. got to laugh. I agree There's with that. I totally, totally here. agree. Totally. So, you know, we're talking the uh, same language here. Ahead. You know, like, you know. I was listening to. Have you ever listened to seeing Jerry Seinfeld? He has the coffee. I uh, his uh, yes. actors actors having coffee with him, and he was saying, "When do you think this is going to stop with being politically correct? Everything we say and everything we do, it's kind of it's a hindrance for authors, for people talking about on shows. I mean, it's like, should we say this? Should we not? You know? And I think what you're saying is right. It, it's you know, you have to like lighten up a little and realize that the it, you want to have some fun, not be so serious all the time. Absolutely, because it just winds up in rage. You hear across social media. Yeah. You just got to sit yeah. back, and I totally agree with that. What Seinfeld said, you know, we we see it, and there is light at the end of the tunnel. We have seen people lightening up a little bit. Yep. Have the you seen that? Yeah. Back, they're making comments. They're enjoying it more once again. We're just afraid that with the oncoming campaigns, yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> well. What do you do? Oh my God! I know, I know. Well, the, the only thing. To, yeah. I was going to say, and on the literature end of things, speaking of somebody, I I'm very careful about what I read. When I come across something I don't like, you know what I do, and what everybody should do: turn the page, keep reading, but yeah, skip right, what right, you don't right. like. Move on, <laughs> move on. Yeah, it's it's not a national tragedy if you come across something you're not particularly fond of, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's nice. 
and don't think it, and don't think that the author that's this is about a character. We talked about this several times, and I, you know, with Lorraine Carey last week, we talked about it too. It's not anything that we're thinking about. It's what our characters do, and this is how we write. This is why it it took me so long to get over the fact that people wouldn't think it's me. The, you know, when I'm writing things, it wouldn't be me. It's not me. And I think that that's one of the things that people forget, that this is a book or it's a play or it's a movie. It's not the person. And you guys are, like, we're having fun when you're doing, you know, you're, when you're, you know, you're acting out there. It's fun. And I think you're right. People are have stopped, not understood that fun is really important part of life. Yes. Yeah. That's absolutely true. It's the cliche, laughter is the best medicine. We truly believe that. I agree on that. That's true. I know. I like that one. I know. It's it's true. It's one of of the – actually, this is how we started the heartbeat slash what's the TV. At the time, I was full-time caregiver to my mom. She had had a stroke, memory problems, and it was getting too serious around here. Yes. So we, we started finding humor in so many things we did. Uh-huh. And we made it a, yeah. a ridiculous video. Well, I, I, you know, I, I saw that you did that. My mother years ago had had a stroke, and I was she was living with uh, my husband and myself uh, for several years. And uh, she she was more serious before her stroke than after, and, and it was kind of like she was so, like, different because she was kind of relaxed then. You know, she had aphasia, which you probably know what that is then, you know, but she understood right. everything, and, and actually I started watching – soap operas with her because she had her soaps and her mysteries but I was watching the soaps I used to watch them years ago but then I wasn't home and then she was always watching them so I find myself I'm taping them now I still watch them and I think you know for whatever the hour or the half hour is like bold and beautiful I watch it's a half hour it's like you're not thinking of anything else except what you're seeing on tv and that's I think it's very relaxing, especially for a person that has had a stroke like my mother did, and I know what it's like, like you, like this is what you decided to do, and you make that decision to be a caregiver, and that's, a, you know, it's that's your day. Exactly, and distraction is everything. Yes. Because it can get pretty, pretty morbid uh, if, the, if the person you're taking care of is depressed, as was mine. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry yeah. that you had... I'm sorry your mom had that happen, by the way, but it makes me happy that she had more of a sense of humor. It sounds yeah. like things were light for her. And well, you know, you know what it right is there. because she was very more serious-minded before in her life, but then when she realized, she always thought she's just going to die. That was her. You know, she said she never expected herself to be in a situation where she didn't just die. She, but she was live. So I did push her a lot, and she did get a lot better. And she was, you know, her life, she could communicate and as long as she was happy watching her TV and everything. But you're right, and if your mother wasn't, I'm sorry, because that's harder then. You know, it, it's harder because, you know, it's hard to watch because it's not the same person you knew. But then again, on a different level, I don't think I ever would have known my mother as, as much as I did by take by not taking care of her. Don't you feel that way? It was a different. It was very different. Oh yeah, it's a gift. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's not a blessing in the sense because they do suffer. It's, it's really yeah. very difficult. But yeah. it is a gift to be able to do that for somebody that you love. And in yes. our case, this is how we found our our comedy sense as well yeah. because that okay, we're not going there for the dark side to sit around crying in our soup. Yeah. So Megan was writing a play at the time, 
uh, it was a takeoff on Robin Hood. She named Robin Good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually turning that to a novel now, yeah. so watch out. <laughs> mom, as we wrote it, and we thought that she was a great audience. It took her mind off of things. And then one day we said, let's do some videos. Yeah. And what's the TV? It was born. <laughs> and I, in my case, I, I had a good time with a lot of this because I got to know them so much better. And I also got to see a, a new side of my mom that I'd never seen before. And my ultimate hero watching her take care of her mom and sacrificing so much to do that. And do I have to pay you for saying? <laughs> yes. But I, you know what? You know, even though it is hard and, and we've done it, you know, I do feel like that was probably one of the most important parts of my life is to take care of her. So I think that um, I get what you're saying because it's a whole, it, it is, it's it's not an easy thing, but it's so different and something I probably never expected. Like her, I mean, you just don't expect these things. So that's why I try to tell people that you don't know what's going to happen in your life, so you might as well enjoy it. You know, it isn't always about money or success. It's about how you feel in your life and the people around you and what you've learned from them. So I think that, you know, I get what you're saying because it's a whole different, it's just so different, you know, to take care of somebody. Exactly. And, they gave us themselves to raise us. They've shared their hearts with us. When yeah. it's our time to share ours with them, jump, go for it. There's yeah. no question in my mind. I do it over in a heartbeat, and I can tell you would, too. Me, too. Yeah, yeah uh, definitely. There's no no doubt, and that's true. You know, um, and at, at the same time, I had a, my sister was sick. So, But I think for my mother, this was her most relaxed time because she didn't have to think about anything else and just, you know, she was just in her, you know, she was talking and she was, everything was okay, except she couldn't do certain things that she did before, but she was much more relaxed because she was always a very nervous type person. So this way she knew I'm handling everything. So for her, it worked, you know, and I, like you said, I, I understand I would have done it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And on a different yep. note, from my point of view of things, when it comes to keeping a little lighter outlook, Yes. I've had a number of surgeries where I've had to deal with things, and I always go into the operating room with a certain outlook because when you look at the surgeon's faces, they've been in there for a long time. So what yeah. I do is I crack some jokes and I try to lighten it up. You know, the most yeah. specific of people, they need a little laugh here and there. So if, if yeah. I can manage to laugh in the operating room when I'm scared, exactly. people exactly. really need to lighten up. You know? I, think, I think that is true. I think you're absolutely right about that. I, I, I spent uh, 20 years being, I worked for doctors, I was a lab technician, and I worked in a pediatric office, and I worked in hospitals. And I really think that's the part that's changed a lot in medicine because people don't aren't laughing. You, you, when you go to a doctor's office or you're in the hospital, you want people around you that are not, that are just comforting and not, not being upset because you're already in a state so when you are with doctors you want someone to be more positive and at least to make you feel you know at ease not to be upset because some of the people in offices and in hospitals are not that nice to people which is really not nice at all and it's nice that you could do that (laughs) no it's true isn't it yes definitely true i've met a lot of doctors and the ones that always stick out are the ones that are nice and they care yeah not the ones who look like somebody stuffed something up the rear end before they came in to see you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the ones yes. who can't. Yeah. 
Yes. Absolutely. You know, and, and it really is, it's important for patients, you know, is if it's a shame that they're not because patients really react better if they feel more comfortable. But they don't do that, you know. And I do think, like what you said before, laughter is the best medicine, and I think people have forgotten that. So I think, you know, when people are looking at your YouTubes or, you know, sometimes I think to myself, oh, I don't know if I want to keep writing comedy, you know, uh, in my books. And I'm thinking, like, well, why not? I mean, because... People really need that, but then again, people, they, they're they very serious-minded now, and I think that's a huge problem. So I totally agree with what you're saying, that people have to make some changes in their life to lighten up. Yes. One of the most wonderful messages that I got, ever got, was from somebody that I've never met. I'm related to him, but he was going through a really difficult time. So he started watching some of our work. I got a message in the morning saying, Peg, I watched one line to give and a few of your spoofs last night, and my first thought was, you're crazy. I watched a little bit more. And he said, but you had me in stitches. You and your daughter made me forget all of my problems last night. And it's good. That was the most wonderful thing I've heard. If we can make somebody's life a little bit lighter, get them through a troubled time by distracting them or making them laugh at our zany humor, that's yeah. it. That yep. says it all. And with one of my characters in the more serious books, not not in the comedy level, but I got a note from somebody who had PTSD like my character, and they were happy to be able to identify with a character, you know? Yeah. Just be able yeah. to bring somebody out of their their problems for even a little while, whether it be laughing or through something else, it's very important. Yeah, I've had a few shows. I've had a few shows with people with PTSD, and you know, I do think that people make the mistake of thinking that people that have PTSD are only people that uh, are in the military, which is not true, as you know. No. So, I mean, it can happen to anybody. Any anybody. No, definitely everybody. It's my character who has that, and it just happens. So anybody can definitely get it. <laughs> no, right. No, it is true, though, because I think a lot of times, you know, even in books, it, you know, they're fiction, but, you know, and sometimes my friends, like, I'll say to them, I'll say, you know, like, let's say take the show, like, Homeland. I'd say, like, well, this is really people that are writing this are making sure that they do it correctly. So you're thinking you're watching fiction, but then again, this th- th- a lot of this is really true. They're trying to get across stuff, and I think people don't understand. In fiction, you can mix it, and it's still the same, but it, you know, and it does happen. It's reality. It's not just, exactly. you know, it's not just, it's not like a journalist where he's doing a story, but it's, you there's a lot of truth in fiction, a lot. Yep, I definitely agree with that. That's art. It, it's mirrors, art. it mirrors reality. Yeah. You're absolutely right on that. Right, and uh, if one person looks at your work and tells you something, it does. I think that's the one thing that authors and any type of writer really loves is that if somebody mentions something that they've done and that's helped them or that they remember their character, I think that's really one of the best part about writing is somebody coming up to you and said, you know, I like so-and-so, and they're they're talking about the character as if they know the character, and it makes the writer feel really good. I don't think people oh, understand. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like the best feeling that you feel like, you know, you're kind of connecting with them because they get what you're doing. You know, I definitely that's, agree with 
that's really important. Well, and, and with your, I believe it's your newest book. I might be wrong. It's never too late to love. Yeah, with a dog in it, Marsha. Yes, yes, um, it is. The dog is, <laughs> the dog is very instrumental in. I don't want to give away the story, but the yeah. dog is very instrumental in bringing love together, love out. Yes. So I, teaching through that too, and through the eyes of an animal. Correct me on that. You know, but right, I think it's you know right. I think I actually, and you know, like I I know like last week I think we were talking about their believing in angels and things like that, and I I know that. In your writing, too. I mean, you have to believe certain things. I mean, we're yeah. not believing in everything, but we do believe in certain things can happen. And maybe that's, for me, sometimes maybe it is how I get through if somebody has passed away that I care about. And maybe I'm thinking that maybe I'll see them again because I actually believe that we'll see them again. It's I'm hoping I'll see them again, but maybe I won't. But that keeps me in a spot where, well, maybe I will. Nobody knows the answer to that, so that's the good part. Nobody knows that yeah. answer. Your so I think. Always yeah. such a, sorry, mm-hmm. go on. <laughs> no, I, I was done. I'm done. Okay, I was I was going to agree with you and say that writing is so instrumental to expressing what you believe and how to get things out, what you believe. And also, I was going to say I don't know if you do this with your writing. I also try to kind of explore things in my life that are difficult areas through that, like things I'm afraid of too. Do you do that with your writing? Um. I, th- I probably do, but don't realize it because people, you know, like okay. I know like sometimes, you know, some of my characters, then I, I realize, oh, I, like I don't like to fly. So I happen to notice sometimes in my books that, you know, and somebody had said that to me, they go, oh, we, we saw you in there because you don't like to fly. And I guess I had a funny scene uh, with flying. And, uh, I guess that but too, yeah. I think it makes me right. I think you're probably right because it, it puts me thinking that it's not as heavy of a subject really as I think it is when I get on a plane, you know. I just, yep. you know, because I do, I do add that. In my, I have that in a few things that I didn't realize that I put in my book. Sometimes you don't until somebody points it out. I've had that almost every time I release a book. We see you in there. I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> Even with Charlie the Mouse, our children's series, Charlie the Mouse happens to be totally deaf. Um, my my older brother has been deaf all of his life, so we try to incorporate some of that reality into right. this little mouse. And that's right. Yes, and, and I think that's, that's, how, that's what people don't understand is that that's how they, you know, we do, listen, this is fiction, but we do live. So, and I'm sure, I I, can, I know for sure I can tell by both of you when you're in places you listen to other people talk and you're very involved. And that's how we get our characters, by listening to other people and just things stick in our brain. We don't really know they're in there until that comes out to be a story. Then we realize yes, what we've yes, done. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I was always I, you know, told that when I was yeah. a kid. You're you're listening to everything, but you don't look like it. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, your mom would know that, right? <laughs> so it's really nice that, that you two work together. together. It's so it's really nice that you can work together. So let me, you know, did you, you know, when you were in school, how did you feel about the fact that how did it come to be where you started to write together? Because that's something most people don't write with their mothers or. You know, parents. So how um, do you? Well, when we started, I had, you were homeschooled. I was homeschooled, so we were kind of always working oh. together as it was. The filming started before we started really writing together. So we did screenwriting together mostly, and then I started doing my novels at the same time. But a couple of years ago, 
we kind of had this, I count I some sense about um, my Xerox Stu Leonard's, which is a store around here in Connecticut, and she started adding to that idea, and we kind of just meshed and started writing together. Well, wait, no, I think that's, it's, it's such an interesting concept because, you know, it isn't easy to write with somebody, let alone write with a mother or relative, you know, too, and not, you know, and have it be working out okay, too, because sometimes writing together is difficult if you're not on the right wavelength with the person. Yeah. I think how this might have started, actually, uh, Magdalene had two cows, husband and wife. <laughs> There's Elsie and Stanford, and I personified them, had made the stories, and I was the two different voices. And we were out one day, and she said, Mama, and Elsie's a cow. Yes, Megan, and you're three when I gave her to you. (laughs) (laughs) She had a horrible singing voice, but she thought she sounded great. So, of course, I've made all this up. We're in the store, and Maggie is talking to somebody. She's very talkative as a child. said, you have to listen. Go ahead, Mama. Have Elsie sing with Stanford. I'm standing there. I'm going to have a male and female cow voice that's going at it in the middle of the market. <laughs> right. And she had me buying it. <laughs> yeah, but see, but that's it. It is, it is kind of interesting, though, because, you know, you say she liked to talk. Right. My mother, that's what she used to say about me. I would be taught, and I didn't really realize that. You know, I never really thought I would be ever doing a radio show, but I think it was so interesting that my mother would always say when I was really little, I would just go down the block and talk to every single neighbor. But I didn't know that, and so she told me later. But, you know, but I think that sometimes we do things when we're little, we don't realize that will affect us later, but you're just doing it. That's what it is. You know, I I didn't even know I did it. It's natural. such a You're last so thing I ever want. It's a last thing, thank you, but that I ever wanted to do. And I was really scared. I <laughs> said this story many times. I was really scared to do a show. And um, I did one on Red River. And I think I've mentioned this so many times before, but it was so amazing that I did it. And, and I didn't really love it. And that I was so nervous. I was just reading some pages. And then uh, Robert, um, April Robin had me do it again. And I did it. And then she said, do you want to do a show? I go, this is not going to happen and she says no you can do this and she was really I'll tell you she's got she Delaney Oaks and I think you know all these people too I think you they're your friends also I think you uh Delaney Oaks and all these people that used to be at Red River they all started because April Robin decided that we could do this there was she had like 40 people on her network and none of us oh, wow. were really tra- yes and you know I would listen to her when she did it, and I go, well, I think I like the way she is because she just was kind of like anything happened, and she just let the stories go, and people talk, and whatever, and so I kind of model myself after her, and a lot of people that came from that network, Red River, we do that because we learned how to do that because we didn't, you know, we just all went to have a good time on the show, and so I think that mm-hmm. that's that's really like you two like to do that, so that's it's so important that people, you know, enjoy things in life. And I think that all of us who never thought we could do things, that's one of the things I say, because some of the stuff I do, and I'm sure that both of you never thought you'd be doing the things you're doing. I mean, it just no. happens. <laughs> I know. It's like the it last nice. thing. We never did you, thought what, what, Did you think about this for a long time, or did you just do it, start writing? Or well, did you just... we didn't think about it. Well, with the films, actually... Maggie then talked me into dressing up as Lady Gaga for <laughs> 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 but not 
Did you do Halloween when the kids were when your daughter was little? Did you do Halloween big? We did. It wasn't really yeah, big. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm thinking that my, my must have been in your in your house. Yes. <laughs> I think my mom was trying to say that it was shortly thereafter people liked this little Halloween spoof and costume thing we did. Then we decided to make a full film out of a parody out of it. Yeah. yeah. And it was our first video, as a matter of fact. Yes. Kind of yeah. Silly, uh, <laughs> now, but it was the beginning. People were like, "We want yeah. more." Okay. <laughs> so it seems like you, you had fun at doing this. I mean, you know, I oh, mean yeah. that was good. So that's how you learned it to be this way. That's how yeah. it came to be. We, it was shortly after that we said, "Hey, why don't we try doing this professionally?" And we named it "What's a TV? What's a production?" Yeah, like when I started out, um, I was originally a dancer, but my parents very wisely told me when I was little, you know, being a dancer is very hard. You should have a backup. Why don't you try playwriting? Which in later years after I stopped dancing, it morphed into novel writing. So it's not what I expected to be doing at all either. Yeah, right. Right. See, I think that's that's the thing. What made you say to her that you thought she should do playwriting? Well, I I guess it did start through all the animals, the animal friends we had, the puppets and creating our stories together, and she just chimed right in. I wasn't entertaining Maggie then. She was a part of it all. And it evolved that way, and she started writing this Robin Hood, which I mentioned earlier, uh, play. And we'd add characters, we'd do the voices, and entertain my mom and a few other people, and it grew that way. In the later years, people started telling me I've always been a natural-born storyteller. My teachers started telling me this. I was like, you never said this when I was little. This is... I I didn't know about it either until I really started doing it. I still right. Well, see, that's the thing. Right. See, that's that's one of the things that I think, and we talked about this a little bit before um, the show. So let's talk about the fact that there are so many things that women, men, whatever, we can do things, but we sometimes hold back. So what yeah. what would you what would you say to people to not because I think that's an important thing not to hold back because most people hold back too much and never get to do the things they really want to do. Well, I'll say what I had to do first. Is that okay? Of course. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of like any stopping. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what I would say is I've had a number of very near death experiences in my life. And when you come to each of them, you say to yourself, what would I have done differently? And if I hadn't done such and such, and something happened to me tomorrow, it would never have happened. So why are you waiting to do it, you know? When I came out of it and started writing, I held on to my first novel for five years until my mom here said, well, why are you just sitting on it? Give it to me to read. And I realized she was right, fiddled around with it, let her read it. She said, why were you holding on to this for so long? Yeah, yeah. Just do it. Nike is right. Nike is right, even though I'm not giving them a product endorsement. Just do it. That's the way I feel. I I was in the corporate world. I was working in magazine publishing, and I witnessed enough magazines closing, being sold, people being put out of their jobs overnight to say, I'm not going to work for somebody again. And I started my own magazine business years ago. Yeah. And I loved it. Which is a really hard business. It's that that's changed so it's really hard business now too. Oh, it has terribly. You know, print is having a very tough time, of course, because of the internet. Yeah. So it's not yeah. something I wish to go back to the way it was then. But do what you really want to do for yourself, and you'll do it well, most likely. Against yeah. all odds, if your heart's in it, you'll make it work. 
Yeah. I think that too, and having the having the guts to just push yourself out, you know, it's hard. And I think uh, most people tend to hold back. And myself, I sometimes talk to myself and go like, just do it, you know, and don't hold back. And you know, in the writing, and don't be inhibited by editors telling you maybe it should be another way, because it is a project that you're doing yourself. And you know, you need editing and you need help, which is really important. But stick to what you like and don't change who you are, because that never really works very well. No, it doesn't. Right. And when I think about it, there's a specific quote that I can't particularly remember, but it was along the lines of, somebody out there will love your book just the way it is. Not Each book is a different fit for everybody. So if somebody doesn't like it, somebody else will. Right, so you really exactly. Change things. No, no, that, you're really, you're, you're right about that. <laughs> that's, that's actually where I got the name from my story. I had a manager years ago, and he would just say, write a good story. So that's why we said a good story is a good story. And a good story is always a good story for somebody, but not for everybody. Exactly. But it, it, and nope. that's, you're, you're right about that because you just have to let it go. And I, you know, constantly for myself, I'm always saying, just do it, you know, and don't. But I think but even before, when I first started writing, I think it was easier then because you just write it out. Now you're thinking like, well, do I have to market? I have to market it, and which brings me to the, the one of the questions we talk about a lot: How do you feel about all this marketing? I mean, is this good for people? Is it not good? Is it inhibiting? How do you feel about this? Either of you could take that. Well, which, I I come from a background in marketing. And Megan and I talk about this almost every day, how to get our work out there. And it's frustrating because the principles are all the same, what I believed in, what works back then. But it's yeah. entirely different because now everything is the computer. And they yeah. come up with new names for everything that has yeah. been around for many years, of course. I think it's yeah. confused to general public, actually. Well, kind of it does. It is confusing to regular people who just, you know, are online and they want to, you know, get themselves out there. They have no idea what to do because, you know, you think it's just going to happen. It's really hard. I mean, it's harder than I think it's harder than writing. Writing to me is is much more enjoyable. I do not like marketing, you know, and I do have, I did hire somebody now, but I'm still marketing too because I, you can't, you know, you can't be doing it all the time, but if you don't do it, it's really hard. But then parts of me says, who cares then? I'll just, you know, and, but that's not really, you really want to get it out there, but then you just also want to write. It's precisely we have that problem with writing and with our filmmaking. You know, you want to have all the fun, do everything, but the marketing end of it is so hard these days. Uh, you know, I think you're watching some of the ads on TV, the way it's gone crazy. You know, I'm seeing infomercials on insurance where they have emus running around in jackets. You know, what does that have to do with anything? It's gotten crazy. Uh, you know what, my husband and I, you're, you're absolutely right, because, you know, we're looking, and I said to myself, my husband, we're looking at each other. I go, like, what are they doing? I mean, it was like you don't even understand what they did. It's just like the most absurd, ridiculous, and maybe that's what they're going for, but it certainly doesn't identify anything. It's No. I, I don't know how they're marketing it. To me, it seems insane. It's not even subliminal anymore. No. There's just It's pointless. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they chop the commercial in half. But and you know how much money you, you know, as you know, in this field, you know how much money you know how much money it costs people to put that out there. 
Yeah. Yes, you look at some of the commercials now, and we're we're uh, transnationals with this. We just look at we say, that's all green screen, isn't it? You know, the waves are moving too slowly. But even so, you look at things like um, I've seen the ads now they have where the motor commercials, the other guy is half motorcycle, half human. It's like, so what yeah, does this yeah. have to do with anything? I know. <laughs> but really, that's true. When you're watching the commercial and you see that – it doesn't mean it. When you get done with it, you're going like, what exactly were they trying to do? And that that can't be good marketing. I don't understand that. I mean, it's you, it doesn't even so you're not even associating with the product of what it is. You know, at least if it's makeup or lipstick or something like that, you're seeing it. But when you're some of these, like you're saying, the insurance companies and things like that, you're going like, why? What are you doing? You know, it's all and random. Makes yeah. yeah. And I think that for people like you know, I watch. I do love. T- I love movies, so I watch a lot of movies on TV. And I find it interesting, though. A lot of writers, I've seen this online a lot. They go, "Oh, we don't watch TV. We don't watch any movies." I'm thinking, like, what do you do then? I mean, you sit there constantly on the internet, just doing it, going on Facebook and whatever, and. I'm doing that also, but not all day long. And, you know, you're not seeing any good movies. They say, oh, I haven't seen movies in a year. I haven't done any of that. And I'm thinking, like, how do you write? I mean, you're just writing from within what you, you know, and that's why a lot of the books sound exactly the same because they're reading other people's books and taking their characters and making them into their own. That's a good point. Yeah. And the planning that people do, I think you mentioned and touched upon this before, um, we know so many people in the film industry that we're going to put this together. They they have something in mind. By the time they actually get to start the film, it's years later. Yeah. As you said, right. Martha, just do it. Do it. Yes, have I know. Idea. Listen, right, and that's really true. And you know, um, but and everybody, you know, because I I was an agent for twenty years, and I still, you know, could be, but I just don't take clients on. But it's like. Everybody wants to get an agent. You really can't get an agent because you can get an agent when you are already successful. Nobody And I had all clients that were just starting out, and I had a lot of them because I was with the Guild, but they all gave up. They just and, – uh, and, the, and some of them were so good, but they stopped. They just did not – they they had no desire to continue on. They couldn't take the rejection. And it, you have to go through that in order to move on. But they just didn't do it. Yep. And, you know, in even movie studios, when you would call them, they'd go like, well, we want a movie like such and such. And But if you, like, let's say Pretty Woman. Well, when Pretty Woman, before that came out, they couldn't even get that out. Okay, it wasn't like one, two, three, they said, oh, this is a success. But nobody ever knows what's going to be a success. So by holding back your own work, you're holding back something that possibly could be a success. Yes, I think it's a really big point now with Hollywood the way it is. They're almost afraid to do anything new because you notice all of the newer movies are either remakes, uh, superhero yes. movies, yes. or just flat out the same thing over and over again. It's very important to Disney draw. even remade Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, you know, it's a, it's kind of amazing that they keep redoing all of the things with when there are so many children's authors that are incredible. I mean, most of the people that I see and I've had on my shows, and Maggie, I think you were on a show with we we talked about children's books before too. I mean, but all these children's books are good. A lot of these are really great. 
And the librarians are just saying, well, they're not new. Well, just because it wasn't done in 2019 doesn't mean that it's not a good book. Precisely. Everybody or, or they're not written by a celebrity name. Yes, I know. They didn't write one word in the book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean, I just wanted to get back to you mentioned about rejection and that those so sad the yes. number of people just throw in the towel. For anybody listening out there that has faced this, you have to look at rejection as an opportunity to find out what somebody doesn't like about you or your work. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's not a personal thing, but you right, can right. learn through exactly. it. It's not an negative. Exactly. Harry Potter was rejected when it was first submitted a, a load of times before she even got it out there. Think of it as a survey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and and we, you know, and the thing is, when you write something and you get a bad review, just move on. Don't even pay attention yep. because that's just how it is. Maybe the person didn't even read the book; they didn't like it. And a lot of people, if if it's not the type of book that they ever read, there's no there's no reason to read a book that you're going to give a bad re- review just because you don't like the subject matter. Then don't read it. Just put it just put yep. it aside. That's it. Like you said, turn we the page. Don't just don't read the book. Yep, we both experienced it. You never know what you're seeing in a reader's mind or when it comes to somebody saying a casting director's chair. You don't know what kind of a day they've had. Sometimes it's yeah. not you. It's not always you exactly. being rejected, just in general. Everything is. <laughs> right, no, that's true. And on that day, and if you get somebody that's in a good mood, they may read it, and sometimes they won't read it. And, you know, and the fact that people do have to remember there's a beginning, middle, and end. And I think that people, myself included, sometimes it, it's in my head. I'm thinking like, oh, they won't, you know, they want it right away on the first page. And if they read any older books from the past, it was never that way. You read the book, and while you were reading the book, you got the story, and then you get the end. You don't get the whole, they want everything to be, hit you right in, smack you in the face. It should be perfect. And how many first page book of a book can be Great. Not that many. <laughs> Not that many. It's this world of. I'm sorry. It's it's this world of instant gratification for everything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's absolutely absurd. Because that's not life, and it's not healthy. Nope. Right. Not at all. Especially for writing, especially for book, they're missing so much. It's like sometimes you have to, like even if you're watching, let's say Netflix, and the first five minutes you're not loving the movie, let keep watching it, you know. And then the best part for me is when you watch the whole movie and you go, oh, that really works, you know. But if you don't watch the whole movie, how are you going to know it works? Yep, we've seen that problem with our films. You know, if it's not immediately whiz-bang action, people tune off within the first 30 seconds. It's ridiculous. And that's so terrible. That's ridiculous. It really is. You know, I think when when I was an agent, what I did is at least I I never really loved the fact of looking just at the log line and the synopsis, which half the time the synopsis just is so trite you don't even want to read it. If I would send 10 pages because I figured if they read 10 pages and they really didn't, like the style of writing, they wouldn't like it. But at least read 10 pages of a script. Don't just expect the log line to, yep. for those that are listening, the log line is supposed to be the summation of what the what your story is about. And it's the most, it's the hardest thing to do, I think. I mean, I'd rather scrub floors <laughs> do that. I mean, it is so hard to make sure that they get the story in one sentence. It's It's impossible yep. almost. And it's also deceptive advertising in a certain way because how many movies have there been where you see a great trailer, like a log line and everything else, and then you see the whole finished product and it sucks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. It's like having 
like a having a good conversation. It doesn't always start out the way you want it to. It doesn't always right. end the way you want it to. But that's why they call it the heart of the conversation, where you really yeah, get into something and you touch each other's spirits. It's usually somewhere in the middle. And it's the yep. same with many movies and books. Yep. People just yep. have to remember that it's getting harder and harder with things getting faster in this world as it's going. Yep. Agree with that. Which is, which is one good thing about Netflix. You know, uh, there's something for everybody. Some of the movies are not great, but some of them are really good. And some of the series are really good. You know, I'm finding for myself, I'm just so happy when I just see a movie and rather than like I've missed three series, three sets, three, you know, it's three three different, you know, I mean, there's like 30 to watch. I'm thinking like three parts of the series. I'm thinking like, oh, my God, I can't do this, you know. And it's like you, you just sometimes you just want two hours to finish and you're done. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, but it's not like that because, you know, season one, season two, season three, season four, and then you go like, can I really do this? I mean, because, you, you know, and like sometimes my husband and I are watching, and I'm going like, okay, there's another one and another one. I said, okay, fine, we'll do one more, you know, and then you're still not through <laughs> with the season because there's 10 or 12, and it's, it's time consuming. <laughs> you know, and I, I saw a movie the other day. Yeah, the other day it was just like an hour and a half, and I was like, great, this is so great. And it was really a sweet movie. It's called Under the Eiffel Tower. Very sweet, with not really um, mainstream actresses, or act- and so good that you just felt like when you, at the end it was a good ending and you were happy, which is what's wrong with that? I mean, that's pretty nice. It's like going when to you, an off-Broadway show. Yeah, you know, you know and sometimes, sometimes when I'm watching better. TV... Yeah, I know, because sometimes when I'm watching TV, you know, I think to myself, am I really watching all of this? Some of it is so dark and so not, like, really not good, and I'm thinking, this is what I'm watching. How can you feel good when you're watching such dark, deep, horrible things happen to people? So that's what's I feel happening. exactly the same way. I can't yeah. handle anything that's too dark. Yeah, but I'm watching it, but I find myself watching, and I'm thinking, like, am I really watching this? And I really am. But then I do know the difference. When I watch something sweet and nice, I go, this is really fun because it's just relaxing. And you probably, people probably don't realize it does tense them up and stress them when they see some of these yeah. things because it's not pleasant, some of it. It's, it's really nice. carry it with you. I, I thought yeah. that I was unusual. I don't like sad, terribly sad movies, and I don't like dark movies. I can't shake them out of my system fast enough, so I right. usually just don't watch them. And I yeah, read, but I, I watch I a lot of everything. Darkest. Do you? And I, I read the darkest of stuff, and I can't. When I watch something terribly, horribly gory on television, I can't take it. I can read it, but I cannot watch it because yeah. it stays with me for days. You could also write yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. You know, and I did write a horror film, but what you know, but it's very interesting. I wrote it with my editor, and it really is a really good, solid horror film. Horror film. But the strangest part about it is, you know, when you're writing, I didn't, I don't connect to the characters as much. You know what I mean? When and like I don't know the characters like I know my other characters. It's really strange how that is because and it didn't really the plot and everything. When I read it, I go, oh, this is a good solid story. But then to me, it's like I don't feel like I do this when I write like a different type of story, where I if get like into trying, what's happening. Yeah, it's like with me trying to write something and somebody has they request something of me, and I can't come up with the idea, but I write something. If I'm not really into it, it can be good, but you're just not 
as personally invested in, you don't. It just doesn't yeah. work as well. You know? Right now, right. somebody right. suggested yeah. that somebody suggested that we have an episode of One Wife to Give where it's not only a cat fight, but we've got blood flying all over the place. And this guy that suggested it was really into it. We just looked at each other and said, "What's not us? Why?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hate to rule anything out, but. I saw I saw the other day, you know, even on some of the covers, I saw a cover, I, I don't know, it was on Facebook, somebody had a really gory, I mean, and I can handle most things, but I'm thinking to myself, this is really a horrible cover of this book. I mean, like, who told them to do it? It was really, uh-huh. I'm thinking, why would you put a cover like, it's, it's just because it's an e-book doesn't mean that nobody's looking at it that's out, I mean, it was like, Oh my God! Couldn't you think of anything else but this? Yeah, and it was brilliant. I have to compliment. I have to compliment you, Marsha, on something. Your guilty pleasures book. Oh, that yeah. is one of the most <laughs> sensational covers out there. Oh, thank you. Yours are thank too. You. Next thank you. Yours are too. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. You know, I'll just, tell you something. I you know, I, the woman that the woman Fidelity. She's been on my show many times. Uh, Robin from Fidelity Publishing. She is also a graphic artist, and she's really good on finding the right picture the right things you know and and actually she's really good at telling people what to do but like she says also that when she tells people the truth or what they go like oh no we don't want that you know so i mean a lot of times people don't i I kind of over the last 10 years have learned that when she's telling me something or showing me something it works and so we've worked together good for the last 10 years but sometimes that's why you and your daughter i mean you you know each other already and that helps. Oh, very much. Sometimes we do get into tips over these, but we always resolve them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, but that's, but that's normal, though. But that's normal. That that really is. Well, my, you know, I think that's a healthy to not always agree with. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful thing. We, it it has you. to be. You can't, just, <laughs> can't agree on everything. But we're probably comical because we do get into something. It's so fast. We we hit it like no, that's not it. We have about thirty seconds of arguments, then that's it. Everything is behind yeah. us. Thank yeah. God. Whereas if I'm fighting with my father, it will go on for days. No, I think it's pretty good though. I think it's pretty good though to do that. You know, because I think it's so much better if you can just if you're aggravated at the time to say it rather than like hold ten things in and then all of a sudden go for somebody. I I, I wasn't really raised like yeah. that. We, you know, if we didn't like something, I said something. You know, in my house. And, you know, then afterwards you just get over it. But if you hold it in you, I don't know if that's so good because then it's so much resentment. Exactly. Grudges are terrible. It's a yeah. cancer. It just grows. It's not good. So yeah. I, I I it's really, it's so hold. nice that the two of you can do that. I mean, and I think it's really, for it's a gift for both of you to be able to be on the same page in what you do, so you, it's not like you could say, oh, my mother doesn't understand what I do, my daughter doesn't understand what I do, so it's kind of nice that you work that situation out. To me, it sounds really like a great relationship, and I, you should be proud of yourselves to be able to have this, because it's not easy Thank to you. do that. Thank you, Marcia. Yeah. Oh, you're uh, welcome. Because you know blessed. what I mean, because you know there are a lot of people that don't get along with their mothers or oh, their yeah. daughters, which is sad, mm-hmm. you know, and they miss a lot. But sometimes it just can't work for certain people. But it's obviously working great for the two of you. So tell me what's next and give tell everybody where what you'll be doing and your website. And you have a lot of things going on, both of you. A well, lot. that's her secret. 
and I think I better add before the relationship uh, goes sour. Maggie Lynn, I I believe, although I'm biased, you see, <laughs> but she's lying <laughs> her covers, and she does not release a cover, as with most, until she really has her heart in there. It represents every bit of the story. And I just wanted to say, your covers are beautiful. <laughs> you know, you know what though, but you know, I don't think people understand how hard it is. I mean, I could be looking through hundreds of pictures and not see anything that will resemble something I want to use. Yeah. No, you know, no. it's yeah. really hard, and I don't know. You can't explain it other than when you see it, you'll know it. Exactly. That's right. It has to hit you. Yep. It's right there in the gut. That's the one. And it's so hard to find one picture that sums up an entire story. So I know Justin Drew's Yes, it is. But I do, I That's have, I do, I, you know, I, I think Robin from Fidelity, she's learned how to handle me already because I do get tired of my cover sometimes. I can't help it. You know, and I do sometimes think it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing to change a cover. Some people never do, and a lot of people probably should, but they don't, you yeah. know. And I don't think it's a bad idea. It doesn't mean any, it doesn't mean that the you just sometimes need a change, and sometimes a change will be important. You know, and I, I yep. wanted to ask you one question because I noticed, you know, you have so many different genres. So how do you feel about when you're putting everything on, either of you could take this, you know, on your work, how do you, what the categories, this is, we talk about this a lot on my shows. It's so hard to find the categories. How do you choose you know, because there are different categories that come up that maybe we all could use, but we just don't do them. We don't know exactly. It's very difficult, whether with film or with writing, just to find one, as you said. I think it's also important that people realize that when they're doing these genres and stuff, speaking just like Amazon specifically, you don't. there are so many different subgenres you can go into, but you don't have to settle on just one. You can actually write to to Amazon and have them add. I think it's up to ten more specifically that uh, you can do. Say you have a fiction piece that's fantasy and specifically about werewolves, like my new one is part. They actually have a specific category for that, but it won't come up on the drop down menu. You have to ask them to add it to that. So you can yeah. really choose a lot of different ones, not just settle on one main thing. Like you have yeah. romance in almost every one of your novels. But they're not romance novels. They're action novels. So mm-hmm. you, you can't just settle on one main thing. I know a lot of people say, well, my book is this, this, and this, but it has to have one general thing. You have so many different options that you don't even realize. It, you just have to really whittle it down, but you can have a bunch of them, too. Well, maybe you should bring up about hashtagging. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a different subject. Well, <laughs> you could bring up, yeah, that's a good topic. Bring up hashtag. That's a good one because we don't talk about that very often. Go ahead. Well, with hashtagging, speaking of social media, it's very difficult because at this point you have to have a certain number for each site, and they all are so insanely different. Like you can't just put selfie and expect your picture to go viral at this point. You really want to be specific about what your photo is about. Um, just as a general say, I have a post up about swords. You know, you don't put just the hashtag of a sword up. You have to put, like, 30 different hashtags up of all the varying different things to be very specific. I meant pertaining to titles specifically. Those don't have to do with titles. That's why I'm sitting here. Why, why oh, for a hashtag for a title? How do you do, what do you talk, what do you mean by that? For That's interesting. What do you, for the title? I guess I, I didn't say the right thing. No, you didn't. I'm like, why are we talking about hashtags? <laughs> Oh, you mean hashtag for the title? 
Well, those are the hard. The, the keywords are impossible. I, this is so hard. Oh my God. So, how do you? What do you have to say about that? Because I think it's really difficult. Um, I think it's important to get in the most important ones about your title. Like, I have a, a book about fairies, wings of Caligo, and I was being told by somebody else the reason you're not searching, um, getting in search results is because while the book is about fairies, it's not your book title. So when it comes to search results now, it's influencing how your book titles are found. And quite honestly, I think it's unfair in certain ways because you don't want to have all the books about vampires starting with vampire such and such the title. It gets dead boring. That was the point I was trying to make. Yeah. So did you, you use your, so are you saying you use your main a title as a, as a tag word? Uh, some, some authors do that now, yes. Like the current book I did, I decided to put the word vampire directly in the title piece. That would help out any. And I've been finding it really does. So sometimes if you can insert what your book is about, say it's about assassins, vampires, werewolves, whatever it is, it might help you to not not put it in the main title, but maybe in the series title or definitely in the sub in or the subtitle right, of the subtitle. Yeah. yeah. It is hard. I, I have to admit, this is that's a very difficult thing for people to, uh, you know, I mean, because sometimes you think it's one thing and other people, like sometimes if I'll go under romance, I'll say like erotica romance. Let's say I'll look them up. And the books aren't even erotic. So I think that it's really, that this is a big problem for people, I know, and I, there's no answer mm-hmm. to it. I, I think that's why you have to keep changing things. But Sometimes if you don't start out the right way with the right exact way it should be, then you get bogged down in a wrong category that will never, you like, you never get into the right category. But you're right, calling Amazon, and you can call Amazon, you know, and they'll help you sometimes. Yep. Well, I'm glad you brought up about the covers because Maggie Lynn had a cover for this Wings of Caligo. She just mentioned I thought it was great. But she was finding that the men weren't the least bit interested. They wouldn't respond to it at all. Something we wow. hadn't thought of when she put it together. So she had to change the cover. It changed the cover and it started spelling great. It's very much yeah. tried by again. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think you're right. You know, and but I do think you know sometimes when people they go like, should you put a man on? Should you not? If it's a romance, I'm thinking like, you know. Um, that, that is a big problem because you don't really know. And somebody had told me something. They don't want to see the woman because they want to pretend it's them in there. I, you know, there's so much. You know, you could get crazy thinking about what everybody thinks. So you just, I guess, have to go for it and just hope that it works. And if it doesn't, right, change it. Like you said, that's probably the best thing to do. I think. I think the thing that I've found the craziest is when it comes to things. If you put a, a picture of a weapon on the cover. You get way more of a response on certain things. So people apparently like violence better than they do other things. The statement on our society. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. really do have yeah. to think of how people yeah. react to what you're putting. Yeah, that's yeah, and that is that, it's really a shame, but that's true. That that is true though, because you see that. But then some, I think I've had a few people on when they had to change their covers because if they did have something a weapon on. So I mean, I guess it's, it depends on a lot of things. Maybe they look through the books. I really don't know. You know, there is no rhyme or reason for what is going on now as far as how books sell and how they don't and how you know. I think probably one of the worst things that they do now is, you know, when they put the, 
the you know your you know what the numbers in of how many you know you could see what people are doing you know if it's like number ten you go how did that book get to be number ten impossible and I don't really know I think they need to stop that that would be so much better for everybody because I think that makes people not buy books I don't think it's fair at all I don't know how they figure that out. They, well, that's what they're doing in, now in Facebook. Like you, you, I'm sure you've noticed. That, you know, people are really looking at things, but they, you don't see that they've looked at it. They're deciding it, for you what you should see. Yes, and also right. when it's sharing, they're not sharing it. And also that when they used to have besides sharing it, they you don't see. You know, if somebody, you know, a lot of people don't want to like things anymore because then they don't want to get involved. This is like the society yeah. where nobody wants to get involved in anything. Well, they're actually so I, they're yeah. actually taking like the Instagram now. They're ta- yeah. they're going to be taking the like button off of the Instagram yeah. photos. So I don't know what they're planning to do to make photos circulate and how popular they are. But there is well, I think what now I think it's, you know I think it has to be fairer. And I think you know now if you know I'm trying to comment if I want to, but sometimes you don't want to comment and. You know, but I think that's the advice they're giving people. But, I mean, you could spend all day doing this. I mean, sometimes I think to myself, and and on my phone it says, oh, you've only spent like a certain amount of hours, you're you're down. I'm thinking like, honestly, how many hours? I don't know how many hours, but it's like when they go, oh, you need to spend like five hours. I'm thinking like, oh, my God, how are they expecting me to be at? You know, and that's, it's so, this is how everything is now. Everybody knows everything we do, how long we're on something. When it comes to Instagram, like when they do that, they're now able actually, if you don't spend a certain amount of time, say, on Instagram, they won't show your posts as much. They'll actually. Really? Is that true? Oh, wow. Yeah. I I could believe that, but that's pretty sad. It is sad. We're all famous. It's really, I mean, it's like, okay, quit your jobs, quit everything you do, don't do it. You can just sit there all day long and like and put a heart and do this and do that. I mean, you know, and, you know, but the good thing is, though, uh, I think that this is how we all meet each other, which I really like. So, I mean, tell everybody now what, you know, Peg, it was so nice meeting you, both of you. I hope you'll come on together again. This was really great, you know, hearing the two of you together. I'm so happy you both Uh, came on. So where can they find you? A lot of places. I know that. When it comes to our films, why don't you say the website? Or I'll do it, okay. When it comes to our website, you can find us at the Heartbeat Network, um, dot wordpress.org right now, just simply because we're, we're having some technical issues. But worst comes to worst, always look us up on Facebook or YouTube by that name, Heartbeat Network, or when it out, what's it, and you'll be able to find us right then and there. That's what it is in W-H-A-T-S-I-T. Yep. What's the TV? We're also on YouTube. That's not our yes, primary feature, of course. <laughs> yes, you we've, are. we've had a number of videos taken down from uh, by YouTube. Yeah. Which is innocent little videos with our our dogs in them, but they found something they really? didn't like about them. Oh, oh wow. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we, we also well, have a, a campaign that we've run. Make it fake. It's against fur. And we had our videos up there. There's absolutely nothing gory. It usually features me with our dog Mishka, because he happens to look I like a wolf. I saw that. Yes, I saw it. Okay. They've taken every single one of those down. So we really? Have to, wow. We have yep. to have without any reason. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not getting into a complaint session. I just want people to know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right, but right. Well, that, that would be we're That revamping. would take about a month for all the things that are going wrong these days. <laughs> <laughs> 
We like to tell them the positive. Yep. We are <laughs> yeah. revamping our website. Exactly. So it'll be brand new. And when that, yes, and you could when, when I, I when I found you all of your things you're on Facebook. See, I think people also don't understand when you go on Facebook. Look at the, if they look about, they can find so much about where they can really find the people. You know, yes. so I mean, that's really. I think a lot of people don't go into about, but about is there for a reason because that's where you yes. can find out about the person, which makes yeah. sense. Yeah, but and then all of because you, you, right, all of your you know sites are there. Your blog, you know, they're yeah. all there, and that and the video. So you know, I mean, it's a shame they're taking them down. But I guess I, I don't even know what to say because they are taking people's reviews down, and I, it's yeah. you know. So that's why we also just keep being out there, keep writing, keep enjoying what we're doing, and that's what we have to do. Just keep going. Yeah. Well, we're also on LinkedIn. Yes. Instagram, LinkedIn, MySpace, we still stuck with. So we're we're everywhere. Just look up yeah. Heartbeat Network. Yep. And when it comes to our books, you can find us at MaggieLynnHeronHeidel.wordpress.com. And anybody who goes there this evening who is listening to this program will get a free copy of my ebook, Still Death. And also, and then uh, yeah, and then so you're on Amazon. Amazon is an easy way to find all your books, everything, and it's all laid yep. out there. You know, I like to yep. do that. Look at Amazon because that is where you see it. You know, and you don't have to look all over. You could see and you just find out about the person. I think it's a good thing. I like that. Yep. Yeah. All right. So thank you both again. And uh, anybody's looking for us, you can find me at www.michiganavenuemedia or marciacasperquick.com. And I am so happy that you both came on. So thank you so much. Keep going and don't stop. Marcia, thank you. It's been absolutely right, Take delightful. care. All right, take care. You thank, thank you. you for listening, Good night, everybody. Bye. 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 Good Bye-bye. night. Good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.